Howdy, and welcome to Wise About Texas. This is your host, Ken Wise. Thank you so much for tuning in today uh, to this episode recorded and released 186 years after the siege of the Alamo. I'm releasing this uh, the week of the anniversary of the siege of the Alamo and only a couple of days from the last episode I released. And the reason is I wanted to get a couple of episodes out about some Alamo defenders that you may not have heard of uh, while we're all remembering the Alamo this week. So today I want to talk about a gentleman named Amos Pollard, Dr. Amos Pollard, actually. Dr. Pollard was born in 1803 in Ashburnham, Massachusetts. He grew up in New Hampshire. He received a medical degree in 1825 at the Vermont College of Medicine. He practiced medicine in New York, got married, had a family. He appears in Stephen F. Austin's Register of Families as arriving uh, in Texas December 23rd, 1833, but alone, his family remaining in New York. Now, I need to clear something up. I just said arriving. That's the date of the application for his land grant, and he had an acquaintance of his make the application for him. Um, But the application was made December 23rd, 1833, and the notation is in there not only that he's a physician, but that his family remained in New York. Pollard participated in the Battle of Gonzales, the uh, famous come-and-take-it battle in October 1835, And we need to digress for a minute. There's a little controversy about where Pollard was living at the time. Many histories list him as a resident of Gonzales. However, there was some more recent work done in 2012 by a researcher named Robert Livingston that demonstrates that Pollard actually resided in Columbia. And I mentioned this, now West Columbia. The, The reason I mentioned this is this is an excellent example for all of you that like to do your own historical research. And I get emails uh, every month from listeners, please keep them coming, asking about historical research and some of the avenues that they might take to answer questions that they have. This is a real good example. So you can easily grab a book on the Alamo Defenders, and and it may say that Dr. Amos Pollard resided in Gonzales or was from Gonzales and something like that. It was thought a while back that he might have uh, traveled from Gonzales with the Immortal 32, those 32 volunteers that entered the Alamo during the the siege and, of course, were slain there. But there were also volunteers that had come from the Brazoria area to Gonzales. Um, So you can't be certain, you can't just assume uh, that, that these are all the same people. Uh, Mr. Livingston, who I mentioned earlier, did a little research on the friend of Pollard's that had applied for the land grant on Pollard's behalf. And it, um, if my memory serves, that research revealed that the land grant of the actual guy who signed the application had been in the Columbia area. And wouldn't it make sense that he would apply for uh, Pollard's grant in the same area, but that isn't enough. It's just a piece of evidence. 
Um, Mr. Livingston also looked at probate records. Um, the administrator of the estate of Pollard was after the Alamo was uh, granted by my buddy, Judge Benjamin Cromwell Franklin of the District of Brazos, uh, which of course occurred in the Columbia area in Brazoria. And some subsequent probate proceedings related to Amos Pollard also um, occurred in that area. Now, why is that important? Well, those would have involved uh, land, but more importantly, in the legal world, uh, we have a concept called venue, and that is where can you bring a certain legal proceeding? And in a probate proceeding, you're going to bring that where uh, the person, usually where the person resided. So Livingston amassed this evidence. There's one other piece of evidence I'm going to talk about um, in a few minutes. But he amassed this evidence, and every bit of it points toward uh, Pollard's residence in Columbia. So the lesson is that you cannot uh, rely on, necessarily rely on one piece of evidence. Go behind it and uh, and investigate it judge its credibility, and go down some more trails if you need to. All right. So Pollard, Dr. Pollard um, is a physician by the time he gets to Texas, a physician of considerable experience. He participates in the Battle of Gonzales. He then went on to be a medical officer during the siege of Behar later in 1835. Um, after that battle, he was named or referred to uh, for the first time that I saw as the chief surgeon of the garrison, uh, remaining on the staff of Colonel Lieutenant Colonel James Neal, and set up a hospital in the Alamo after the Texians had taken Behar. Dr. Pollard died in the Battle of the Alamo, probably defending the hospital. The hospital that he had set up in the Alamo was located roughly in the uh, southwest corner of the convent yard of the mission. Now, I do not want to get all the Alamo enthusiasts riled up at me. I am not an Alamo scholar, as I said in the last episode. I am an Alamo enthusiast, as we all should be. Um, so I'm going to describe it as an approximate location. I'm not even going to tell you the map I'm looking at. It's an older map. Um, but I don't want to get into an argument about whether it's the right map or not. Uh, the point is the Alamo was deep within the walls. Now, if you go to the Alamo today, you will see in the uh, long barrack a mock-up of what the hospital might have looked like. Um, but you had the outer walls of the compound, and then you had the inner walls around the long barrack and the church area. And it was within those walls uh, that the hospital was set up. Now, the map I'm looking at, if you are to stand in front of the Alamo looking at the church, immediately to your left in that front corner is where I have the, the hospital uh, marked. But you know what's more important than that? What's more important than that is Amos Pollard was there uh, serving the brave defenders as the chief surgeon. One of the more interesting aspects of Dr. Amos Pollard however, was that he was a staunch abolitionist. Some of the evidence that Mr. Livingston looked at when he was trying to determine Pollard's residence included an entry in the Journal of Benjamin Lundy. 
And let me tell you just a bit about Benjamin Lundy. Benjamin Lundy was an active advocate against slavery. He was from New Jersey. He was a Quaker. He was born in 1789. Uh, He became active in the anti-slavery movement in the early 1800s. He was an organizer. He was a lecturer. He was a writer. Um, Lundy believed that the slavery issue, which was on its way to splitting the United States, could be solved by uh, settling freed slaves in thinly populated regions. He had the idea that it could be done in Haiti, it could be done in Canada, wherever, uh, just thinly populated regions. Well, Lundy went to Texas um, several times and investigated the idea of obtaining land in Texas on which to uh, establish a colony of freed slaves. Um, He finally concluded that Texas would be ideal um, because not only would that help solve the problem as he perceived it in the United States, but Mexico, too, was struggling with the issue. Um, How to settle Texas uh, with many people who felt like the expansion of the cotton economy would necessarily include slavery. You may recall, um, I can't remember if we've discussed it in episodes before, that Stephen F. Austin really didn't like slavery, but settled on the fact that it was going to be necessary to include it in Texas, at least for a time. So it was a controversial issue in Texas and Mexico. Well, not only did Lundy um, meet Amos Pollard, but Amos Pollard was active while he was in Texas concerning abolition. He wrote, there was a weekly newspaper um, called The Liberator. It was an abolitionist newspaper. And Pollard wrote a letter from Texas to the newspaper Sort of, uh, and this you would write letters back to these newspapers to, uh, in a sense, advertise and journal your activities in new country. And so he writes, uh, Pollard writes this letter to the abolitionist newspaper, The Liberator, May 6th. It's published May 16th, 1835, but Pollard wrote it February 15th, 1835, and he wrote it from Columbia. Texas, or as he writes it, Columbia, Texas, Mexico. And I want to read it to you. It's very interesting to think about. So this is Dr. Amos Pollard, Alamo Defender, writing on February 15th, 1835. Dear Sir, although I have not a personal acquaintance with you, yet being animated with similar feelings, I take the liberty of thus addressing you. Having been in this country, meaning Texas, about 18 months and explored much of it, and being, as it were, identified with it myself, I am anxious to do what can possibly be done to settle it with the friends of freedom from the free United States. Let me pause for a minute. So Pollard is saying, I am now a Texan. Everyone knows I'm a Texan, and I want to settle this area with abolitionists. Continuing, Texas is now settling extremely fast, mostly from the western and southern states because it is more known in those states. But let the people of the northern and eastern states only have correct information concerning this interesting, rich, and prospectively great country, and they will pour in here in torrents, leaving the slaveholders shortly in the minority. So let me pause for a minute. So it's not going to take a whole lot of immigration before the slave slave owners in Texas become a minority. Continuing. 
The Constitution of Mexico precludes slavery, yet it is evaded by having the blacks indentured for 99 years, etc. All the hilly parts are very healthy for northern people, and Texas presents more pecuniary inducements to immigrants than perhaps any other country on the globe. The richest cotton and sugar lands are now cheap. We are here the most free people on earth. The revolutions of Mexico disturb us not in the least. We enjoy perfect liberty of conscience and pay no taxes. I am very anxious to see an end put to slavery in all parts of the world, and especially that it may be prevented from taking deep root in Texas. I am a native of Massachusetts and have practiced my profession in Boston and New York. I am your obedient servant, Amos Pollard, M.D. That's the end of his letter. What's fascinating about this letter, especially in present times, is Pollard is arguing this is a wonderfully rich country, no dispute about that, and a wonderfully free country. Amos Pollard had the same attitude as everyone else fighting for the Texian cause. They were fighting for freedom. The important thing was to keep Texas free from the tyrannical government of Mexico. The question of slavery would be settled later with gentlemen like Amos Pollard attempting to settle the country with abolitionists and join the political battle that was sure to follow over the issue of slavery. Now, of course, once the Republic was free, the slave-owning interests prevailed with respect to the law, and slavery was legalized, putting an end to Pollard, Pollard's plans. But at the time he wrote this, the time he, too, was a Texian patriot, like all others fighting for freedom, the question of slavery was secondary and far from settled. Um, so think about that when uh, you're hearing uh, discussions of the role slavery played in the Texas Revolution, and it certainly did play a role. But ultimately, uh, Amos Pollard and his fellow abolitionists would fight uh, for the same cause that anyone else in Texas fought for, freedom. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of Wise About Texas. I'm going to cheat you a little bit out of some getting there sites because Amos Pollard, having died in the Alamo, his remains were burned by Santa Ana along with the rest of the defenders. Uh, so there's no grave site to visit. But I'll encourage you during these high holy days of Texas history as this episode is being released the week of the anniversary of the Alamo siege, go visit uh, attend some of the many ceremonies commemorating not only the heroes of the Alamo, uh, but all of the Texians that fought uh, for the independence that led to the creation of the greatest state in the Union. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Wise About Texas. Like and share the Wise About Texas Facebook page and go out and do something for Texas today. And until next time, God bless Texas and we'll see you down the road.